Merry Christmas, everyone. You may be seated. Merry Christmas. My name is David Sunday. It's a joy to serve as one of the pastors here, and it's a joy to welcome you on this high day of Christian celebration as we just rejoice in the good news that the eternal God became flesh, became one of us, and entered our world into our sorrows, into our miseries, to bring us everlasting joy and everlasting life. Praise God for the gift of Jesus. And I have one question for us this Christmas Eve, and it's simple. What does Jesus mean? Those of you who are children, maybe you know the story behind your name. How many of you were named for your dad or your mom? or your grandma, or your grandpa, or someone special in your family's life. Or maybe there's a story behind how you got the name that you have. However you were named, I can be sure of this, none of, none of our parents had an angel come and tell them what to name us. But that's what we read about tonight in Matthew's Gospel. When Joseph and the Virgin Mary discovered that she was pregnant, they didn't have to decide on a name for their child. This child's name was chosen in advance. It was announced by an angel of the Lord to Joseph in a dream. We heard the words. The angel said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Now, someone I read asked an interesting question. They said, what if Mary and Joseph hadn't been given a name for their son? What possible names could they have selected had they been given a choice? Surely one of the, the most popular options would have been the name Moses. That would have been a great name for a little Hebrew baby boy, for it was Moses who led God's people out of slavery in Egypt. It was Moses who led them through the wilderness to the promised land. And it was Moses who went up onto Mount Sinai to meet with God and who came down with the two tablets of the law, the Ten Commandments, and with that law, the people of Israel were governed. Suppose the angel had said, you shall call his name Moses, for he will restore the rule of law to the nation. It sounds good. Yet there are limits to what law and order can achieve. Law and order cannot change the hearts of people. It cannot deal with our sin. So thank God that he didn't send just another Moses. Another great option for the baby's name might have been Solomon. That's certainly a worthy name in the history of God's people. Solomon was the greatest king of them all. During his reign, the nation reached the pinnacle of power and splendor. And Solomon was also known for his wisdom and his knowledge. He was so renowned that, that people, kings and queens from distant nations came to see Solomon and his kingdom and marveled at his wisdom. What if the angel had said, you shall call his name Solomon, 
for he will educate his people with wisdom and knowledge. Not bad, right? Education is a tremendous gift. There's a lot to be said for it. But no matter how much we focus on education, it cannot make us less jealous, less prideful, less angry, more loving. It cannot cure society's ills. Sometimes education just makes bad people more clever. So thank God that someone greater than Solomon came into the world at Christmas. One other option that Mary and Joseph might have called their son is Aaron, because Aaron was the priest who pioneered the Jewish religion. What if the angel had said, you shall call his name Aaron, for he's going to revive religion and bring the nation back to its roots. That sounds kind of good, doesn't it? Or does it? I mean, religion sorry to say, has not always been a force for good in this world. A lot of evil's been done in the name of religion, and religion by itself cannot change people's hearts. It cannot make bad people good. Thank God that he knows what we really need. As important as law and education and religion might be, the message of the Bible is not people need more rules and regulations. It's not people need more education. It's not people need to get more religious. The message of the Bible is resoundingly clear from the beginning of the Bible to the end of the Bible, and it's this. People need a Savior. That's why the angel said, you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Jesus is the Greek form of the Hebrew name Yeshua, Joshua, which means the Lord saves. Jesus is the name above all names because it reveals him to be the one who is able to save us from our greatest peril, which is sin. Sin is not just the bad things that we do from time to time. Sin is not just the mistakes we make. Sin is our deceptive, distorted, disobedient, disruptive, and destructive determination to live our lives independently of God. To say, I'm going to do it my way instead of God's way. I'm not going to listen to anyone above me. I want to be in charge of my own life. And sin runs deeply in every one of us. It's every person's greatest trouble. Every person's greatest problem is sin. Now, sometimes we get Christmas gifts that we unwrap them and we think, well, it's not really what I wanted, not really what I needed. I think I'll look for a gift receipt and return it and get something better. And sadly, that's how a lot of people treat Jesus. They're thinking, sin? I don't need to be saved from my sin. What I need is to have my credit cards paid off. What I need is a better-looking body. What I need is a trip to the Caribbean to break free from this cold winter. What I need is more personal peace and affluence. I don't need a savior from sin. But God graciously and persistently says to us, what you so much want 
is not what you most need. And at Christmas, God says, I'm going to send my son from the highest heaven down to earth's deepest misery. And his name is Jesus. And he's named Jesus because he's going to save my people from their sins. Now, what does that really mean, to be saved from our sins? So let's think a little bit deeper about this. And a friend of mine broke it down like this. He said, Jesus saves us from the penalty, the power, the pollution, and from the very presence of sin itself. Let's think about those four Ps. First, Jesus saves us from the penalty of our sins. And that's very serious. Sin has a penalty to it. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. And when the Bible describe, talks about death like this, it's not just talking about the physical end of our life. It's talking about the condemnation that follows because of our disobedience to God. Jesus came to deliver us from death and condemnation. He came into the world to rescue us from the just wrath of a holy God against our sin. That's what he came to do. And he paid the penalty for our sins when he, the perfectly obedient son of God and servant of God, took God's judgment for our sins in his death on the cross. He saves us from the penalty of our sins. That's why we sing of Jesus and we say, what a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares with this. The name of Jesus. His name is beautiful because through his name, our infinite debt is paid off in full and our death penalty is commuted and our judgment is, is no longer hanging over our heads. We're pardoned. We're given the free gift of eternal life in the place of death and condemnation. But there's more to it than that. Not only does Jesus save us from the penalty of our sins, he also saves us from the power of of our sins. Sin isn't just something embarrassing that we do that's kind of out of character and it's not really truly who we are. No, sin is a power that takes over our lives. It enslaves us. It's a predator that pounces on us and then destroys us. Sometimes sin brings temporary pleasure, but it's like a narcotic. It has an addicting power. It becomes enslaving. We can't break free from its shackles. Jesus understood the enslaving power of sin. He said this in John's gospel. I tell you the truth. Whoever sins is a slave to sin. But then he said these words. But whoever the son sets free is free indeed. That means he's a savior who can break the chains of sin's enslaving power over your life. And this could be the greatest Christmas gift that you ever receive. To be freed from the toxic pleasures of sin that are enslaving you. 
that are choking the joy out of your life and damaging your relationships and, and robbing you of peace. Jesus came into the world to set you free from that. His name means Savior because he came to save you from the power of your sins. That's why we join as the heavens are roaring and we sing what a powerful name it is. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a powerful name it is. Nothing can stand against the name of Jesus. But there's more. Not only does Jesus save us from the penalty of our sins and from the power of our sins, but Jesus saves us also from the pollution of sin. And we need this because the whole environment we live in is polluted by sin. We're not only infected by our own sins, we're also polluted by the sins of others. The whole world is smothering under the toxic atmosphere of humanity's rebellion against God. And every day we, we hear things that we wish we never would have heard. Every day we see images that we wish we could erase from our minds. Every day we experience attitudes and actions from other people that are harmful because we live in an atmosphere that's polluted by sin through and through. But the name of Jesus clears the air and refreshes the soul and cleanses the whole atmosphere of creation from every trace of the pollution of sin. Which brings us to the last reason we rejoice in the name of Jesus tonight. And it's this. Not only does Jesus save us from the penalty of our sins and the power of our sins and the pollution of our sins, but one day he's going to come again and he's going to save us and he's going to save his creation from the very presence of sin itself. He's going to save us in a new creation where we will never experience sin or its ugly effects anymore. The Bible says that because of Jesus and his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells, where righteousness is right at home and sin has no place in it. When Jesus comes again, he's going to bring heaven and earth together. He's going to make all things new. He's going to wipe away every tear from our eyes. Death will be no more. Neither will there be any more mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things, including sin, will have passed away. The earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea, and sin will be eradicated completely. You won't even remember sin anymore. It will be gone. No longer will any accusation linger in your soul. No more guilt to carry. No more fear. No more doubt. No more struggle. No more, no more temptation to wrestle against. We're going to live forever in a world that has been purified from the ominous presence of sin itself. And all will be well forever. That's what it means that Jesus comes to save his people from their sins. He's a savior who saves us from the penalty of our sin, the power of our sin, the pollution of our sin, and the very presence of sin itself. And Jesus alone is able to do this. No one comes before him. No one can go beyond him. And ultimately, 
Life amounts to nothing without him. Someone has written, Other than Jesus will not do, less than Jesus will not suit, and more than Jesus is impossible. That's why we sing, So bring him incense, gold, and myrrh. Come, peasant king, to own him. The king of kings salvation brings. Let loving hearts enthrone him. And that brings me to the challenge that I want to ask each and every one of us tonight. What does it mean to enthrone Jesus in our hearts? What does Jesus mean to you? What does Jesus mean to you? What does Jesus mean to you? What a beautiful name. What a wonderful name. What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. But what does that name mean to you? This is how you can tell if you are among the people Jesus came to save. If you feel yourself in need of saving, then you are just the person he came to save. Do not fear to draw near to him. Do not think, oh, I'm too bad for him. How did he first come into the world? He came as an infant, so tender, so pure, so innocent, the most endearing way possible. The infant God comes to us and says, fear not, I will save you, even you, from your sins. And then he walked among us as a friend of sinners, so gentle and kind to the broken, the beaten down, the failures of this world. They delighted to be in his presence. Children loved to gather around him because he came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He came not to condemn us for our failures and our misery. He came to save us and to bring us to God and to reconcile us. And he died for us on a cross of love. And someone said that the only place where a man dies with his arms stretched out wide is on the cross. That's how Jesus died, with his arms stretched out wide as if to say to a sinful world, come to me, I welcome you, I welcome you. And he rose from the dead to prove that not only is he willing and eager to save us, he is also able and powerful to save us. So what does Jesus mean to you? The world needs a savior. I need a savior. You need a savior. And Jesus is just the savior we need. If you recognize your need for him tonight, you can join me now as I lead us in prayer by just simply saying from your heart, Lord Jesus Christ, savior of the world, have mercy on me, a sinner. Acknowledge your need for him tonight. Thank God for sending him tonight. Put your trust in him tonight. Let's bow before him and acknowledge how much we love him. Dear God in heaven, we thank you tonight that you did not see us in our misery and in our sin and despise us. You did not condemn us to hopelessness and despair. 
Instead, you were moved with compassion. You sent your son to be our savior, and oh, how we need him. One by one, we acknowledge our need to you, and we say to you, Lord Jesus, Savior, have mercy on me, a sinner. We thank you that you hear our prayer and that you will be merciful to all who call upon your name, dear Lord. So hear us as we sing, O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray, cast out our sin and enter in, be born in us today. We pray in the wonderful name of Jesus, amen.